Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's the corner where the treats is is this the the passing of the torch right is this what this signifies it comes down to that that front office and what they feel is most important the champ is here we've touched down from a higher plane why you made it here we always look forward to that week because it was always intense you know that we ain't coming back we got to the man the myth the legend dante hall my 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 favorite player growing up was dante hall i love you guys in the show but dante was my guy get to dashing because he was done on the war feet This episode of Chief Concerns is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Hey there, Marcus Dash here from Chief Concerns. Just want to comment and say BetOnline is your number one source for all your sports betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for football, baseball, boxing, golf, and much more. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Monday Morning Tight End. I'm Marcus Dash here with legendary Chiefs tight end, Jason Dunn. JD, how we doing, brother? What's going on, Marcus? What's happening, brother? How you doing? Monday morning, Monday morning. Monday night, whatever you want to call it, it's yeah. a Monday, right? Monday fun day. So. Monday fun day, exactly, yes. But especially the off-season. Our Mondays are going to be very fun, filled with uh, examining our different position groups. But this Monday, we got NFL Combine this week. It's a big week for uh, for incoming NFL players. It's a huge week for guys who may not make it to the league, guys who may go to the CFL, guys who go to the, you know, the USFL, or what was it called? UFL, now the United Football League. Yeah. It's a big week for a lot of those guys who, you know, may, you know, position themselves to play professionally, whether whatever league that, that may be. Um, yeah, I mean, you, we, we've talked about your, your combine. Um, uh, you, you did a combine, Jerry, or you, you did a pro day? Or you, did you, you did both. You did both. Yeah, I, your boy was uh, one of the top tight ends coming out in, in college ball. Marcus, so they had to have me at the combine. Well, I, I don't know if you'd opt out. Like, all these guys are opting out now. Nah, man. It, you know what? So, uh, during my time, uh, so I played in the senior bowl. And I may be the only one that played with both ways uh, for the senior bowl, actually. Uh, so, I played actually defensive end and tight end. You know, just opened my stock up. I did a little bit in college, too. Uh, but I went to the combine. And we had one guy that opted out. Just one. Uh, and that was that was uh oh man, I just had his I just had his name. Uh, oh shoot. Uh he was a, a tight end from Ohio State. Uh, uh Ricky Dudley. Ricky Dudley. I don't know how to get Rick's name. Slick Rick, man. So Ricky Dudley, man, actually opted out of doing everything because he was actually playing basketball at the time. So he still came to the combine, answered all the questions, but he opted out to do any of the lifting, any of the running. Uh, and so, you know, he actually was the first tight end taken. It was it was between me and him uh, in the draft. And so they ended up taking Ricky. Uh, he went to the uh, the Raiders, 
And so Marco Battaglia was next, and I was third. I was the third time getting taken in the draft that year. And I was second-round pick for the Eagles. So had uh, had one of the most uh, uh, athletic showings of a tight end. I think I still got records in, in the uh, in that in the combine for what I, I performed out there. So I know I was in you know ninety percentile on a lot of my stuff. Right. Right. We, 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 I remember we, you and I went through your um, your numbers and stuff and saw what percentile you were in. <laughs> yeah, man. Bad boy. Bad boy. So oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. This week, so like obviously night before the draft, that's like one of those like moments where you're kind of very, very all these guys are very nervous. Would you yeah. say night before combine probably probably more nerve wracking than the night before NFL draft? Just because it's like you got to perform, whereas drafts like all right, I've, I've already I put everything out on the table. Now it's like whoever picks me picks me. What as far as nerves go for a player, what what's probably more nerve wracking? Uh, draft. If you're kind of a high draft pick, you, you know, around those areas, that that may be a little bit more. Combine is just performance, right? That's what you're, you're just trying to perform well. And so it's just like playing a game. You're going to get nervous before a game, before you get out there and show what you can do. And so the competition, because it's different from just playing, you know, get in a game, you're actually going and competing against guys, your peers in your same group, okay, measuring yourself against everybody else. Right. And other teams are seeing it. And so they're sitting there saying, I'm going to pick this guy because of this. I'm going to pick this guy because of that. Jason Nup performs better than all the other guys here. How is he going to help our team? And so this is what the thing is, it's such a great look to measure yourself against your guys. Like I said, it's your position. It's, it's one of the ultimate things that you could possibly do. These guys are opting out now because they don't want to suck at their at their, what's the name of the combine? Mm-hmm. And they want to wait to the pro day. Well, part, part of the things in pro day that you may be able to get is, you know, you got your own uh, area, you got your own quarterback running, you know, throwing to you. Uh, you may not, some of these guys might opt out because they may not necessarily be ready uh, physically. You know, they may, they may be coming off like a little small injury uh, that they don't want to uh, either have them exam, uh, you know, exam at that moment. You know what I'm saying? Have an examination of it, you know, and actually show something's wrong with you. Uh, so there's different things that guys can do. Mm-hmm. Push out for pro day. So you say a pro day may be somewhere in March is where you got to so another month that you have to get yourself ready. But that that's that's kind of what you uh, you get into, man. So a lot of guys don't get invited to to the combine. That's the thing about it. I mean, they're, they're looking only for the elite guys to be there at the combine. No, so what, what's weird to me, which I'm seeing a lot more this year than you have in more past years, and I was watching one of the shows, and they were like, a lot of these draft guys were getting pissed off about it. But it was the the amount of quarterbacks who are opting to not throw at the combine, which is interesting. Obviously, guys want to be able to throw their own facilities and stuff, but like, kind of, yeah, it's it's throwing. You know, it's not like I don't, I don't know. Like, I feel like that's the, that's the one thing these guys, these these uh, scouts want to see, and these uh, GMs want to see is your quarterbacks throw at these things. So it's like it's interesting well, that these guys are opting not to throw. Well, that's that's the thing. They'll be exposed against all the other guys they're going against, right? Mm-hmm. So now you can determine if this guy's arm and velocity is the same as, like, if, let's say, a Caleb Williams, right, or if, uh, uh, you know Drake May out there in in, in, uh, in in North Carolina. You know what I mean? So you actually get to go against a guy to see what he can actually do. And so 
I don't want I'll, if I know I have a deficiencies in particular areas, well, I don't want to expose myself. I don't want to show that to everybody, right? Because they make a team determine like, well, shoot, we didn't, this kid ain't got he ain't got that type of you know spin on the ball like we think. Mm-hmm. So you can look at film all you want to, but seeing a guy with your eyes, absolutely. So what team you know players try to do, and obviously agents try to do is, hey, we want to put the ball on our court. Hey, if you want to watch Caleb Williams, you go to him, you see what he can do then. All right. You come to us, you can see what he can do against us in our offense and our throws, things that we do. So I, I think with quarterbacks, if you put that type of money, that type of bread in it, that's a red flag to me as a scout. I'm just telling you that. And look, and I, I've been part of that, that whole process going to the combine. The coaches are looking at what they're determining, what they're writing down. You know, so I've sat up in the stands watching these guys perform and what we're looking for in, you know, in, in our position, in other positions too. You run a 40? Yeah, great. 40 time for a skill player? Excellent. Okay. What does that translate when we run routes? When you have a different quarterback throwing to you as opposed to another guy throwing to you? How do you how do you adjust? How do you respond to those things? So all those things are important. They're they're very important. And and they, they try to hide this stuff, man. It's just a different way that you could get, control everything that you can, possibly the narrative, if you, if you will. Well, plus, uh, the one thing I, I would say if I was a quarterback getting invited to this or whatever, receiver, quarterback, running back, any of the skill players, is like, sure, m- most of the college, if you come from a big school, generally, like even the small schools, you know, that you do, you do with you do your uh, pro days with uh, bigger schools. So, like, yeah. if, I, if, I have, if I mess up with this one, I got another shot to do that. Whereas I'm only only you know limiting myself just to my pro day, and I let's say I'm off that day, like eesh, that's kind of I mean like you're kind of you're kind of limiting yourself in that respect. So that would be one thing why I if I was one of these skill players going to that, I wouldn't want to you know at least not you know limit myself to just one workout in, in front of these coaches. Yeah, so if, if you're doing a workout and that it, it's it's very. They make sure that it, it is conditioned especially for you. Okay, you have a guy that's running the workout. Whereas at the combine, they had somebody that's running the, the, the you know the drills and stuff, you know, for the combine. Yeah. We go to school, hey man, it's tailored for me. What I want, what my best throws are, what I want to do. Now they can request that I throw another route or run a different route, right? As opposed to tight ends. They can mm-hmm. request that I do particular things on the board, but more so, I'm putting the ball in my court to control the things I want to control. Now, here's the thing. You're right. If if I screw up in my own pro day, then it, it hurts me. Mm-hmm. Okay? But at least I know I'm not in front of 20 other quarterbacks I'm going against. Yeah. Screw up in front of everybody. Right? Yeah, you might have a bad day, but you, you're going against 20 guys? <laughs> hey, man. That will, I'm telling you, that will tell you a lot about a guy. A lot. And teams frown on that. They do. They frown upon those things. And I see it. I think Wendy said Caleb's not, he's not doing anything. Yeah. Mine. Well, it, you start seeing that, oh, he's he may not be as Mahomes like as you think. Okay. Mm-hmm. He may not have the best ball as you as you believe, right? Uh his leadership capacity may not be uh up there in the top echelon like you think it is against these other guys. Mm-hmm. Uh when you walk around and, and on the uh you know, on the uh, what's the name of the the program for the school, 
they got you standing six three. They come to the combine, you're actually six foot. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Six foot and a half. So, hey, look, you, when you get to your your college, you can walk on your tiptoes. You know what I'm saying? Well, so I remember last year's combine. Um, obviously, you know they you take off your clothes and your shoes and stuff. I remember uh, what's his name, uh, Bryce Young. At the combine wore the um what was no bull shoes and like it had the sole was like it was like this thick on it to, to make him look taller. <laughs> well, you know, because you know the optics, especially the quarterback, you want your guy to be look looking tall, but yeah, he was wearing the, the, the no bull uh, shoes that the, the soles were like thick, they were thick and tall. And I was like, Oh, okay, like this, you know, the optics hey, of that. But they, they get you down in the skivvies that they, I don't care, you gotta take your shoes off when they, they measure you. Yeah. We had man, uh, funny stories, man, from the combine. The guys would talk about all the time. Uh, but I remember, I remember standing up there, man, and, and, and I am in my grays, you know, taking my shirt off, and all those guys were looking at me like, "Oh yeah, yeah, that's what we're doing." Yeah, like a piece yeah. of meat. Yeah, like a piece of meat. I was just sitting over there, like you know, like the whole <laughs> Alvin God's Lord, just giving it all, like you know, he's like, "Oh yeah." Turn around, you know, they're looking at you know, your back, your hand size, all of that, man. They manage it all. They get they getting it all in there. They're getting it all in there. When you were uh, so you, at the bull at the Sear Bowl, you said you, you did DN and you were tight end. At what point did you make the determination like I'm going in as a tight end? Or was no, it was, no, I was going in as a tight end anyway. I you know oh, okay. I, I came out as you know the top tight end in the nation. Right, right. Know, so I just was showing a little bit of my versatility. Okay. You know, that that was it. Uh, I, I didn't think it would hurt me any, but the more you can show athletically what you can do, especially like from EKU, and I was just like senior bowl, shoot, let me see if I can get me some sacks playing defensive end. And so, um, you know, I, I think about it, shoot, I, I might have came back in the league as a defensive end. I could have came in and got me a couple sacks. I'm telling you. Right now, yeah. I, I bet you could, yeah. With, 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 the, with the way they got these guys just rushing the passer now. They, they have, like, shooting guards that rushing the passer now. Brother, I'm letting you know right now. If if I switched over to defensive end, I came back in the league, you cannot tell me that there's no way that I would not get at least six to eight sacks that year. At least. I'm telling you. I know I would. I know I would. Shoot, I, I find it mind-boggling that guys are not up there with 12 to 15 every year. Mm -hmm. I'm serious. I'm thinking the hell. I I and I'm 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 being modest with mine. I'm thinking I would have got at least eight to ten. Yeah. If I'm rushing the, the rushing the pass that many times, come on, man. You ain't <laughs> no, you ain't keeping me away from that quarterback. You know what I mean? It's not doing you look at Fred Clark's contract from the last few years, like damn, like, this dude's only getting five sacks. <laughs> Blows me away. Blows my mind. Blows my mind. So so I looked at the Rickley Dudley thing. I found a funny article here. Uh, it's an article, I guess, the Raiders scout who was impressed by uh, by um, Ricky Dudley at the combine. Bill Myers has been a coach for 25 years and has, has heard nearly every excuse an athlete can devise. Um, but nobody had ever tried the stone cold truth on him until Ricky Dudley did during the February combine. And Myers, already smitten with Dudley's abilities, was charmed all the more by Dudley's brass. Um, we were at the combine, and he was supposed to bench press, Myers said. He said, I'm not lifting. I'm not prepared. I said, what do you mean you're not prepared? How can you not be prepared? And he said, I just played in the East-West Shrine game, and I'm not prepared to do my best. You can come out to Ohio State in March, and I'll be prepared. 
it's funny. And that's funny. That's like a unique thing now. Uh, then, but now it's like, oh, he opted to just do his pro day. But then it was like, oh man, he's he's gonna do his just pro day. It's just funny how things have changed so much. Uh, uh, Tony told me one time. Gonzalez told me that uh, when he was supposed to lift, uh, and he opted out of lifting. I think he didn't lift or, or run. I think he ran routes, maybe. I think it was probably it. But so he goes over to the strength coach, right? You know, when you lift, you know, they all got you on the, the, the platform and you're sitting up there, you know, Jason Dunn from East Kentucky University, 6'4", tight end. You know, you come in, they announce who you are, right? Uh-huh. Tony goes up, he's talking to the guys like, hey, man, listen, like, you know, I'm not going to lift. You know, I'm not I'm lifting today. So, the, the, you know, he turns and looks at Tony. He's like, what? Like, what, what do you mean? Tony's like, nah, I, I can't lift today, man. You know, I've been playing basketball. So he says the uh, strength coach turns to all the scouts and, you know, the GMs, Tony Gonzalez, uh, uh, California tight end, uh, is not lifting because he's playing basketball. Like, that's what he said. Tony tells a story, man. It's so funny how he tells it. Like, you know, the guy's just like, yeah, he's elected to play basketball. Oh, so he decided not to lift today. Oh. So Tony's like, all right, man, thanks. Like, you know. <laughs> That's so funny. And, you know, these yeah. football coaches, like, w- w- no matter what, it's in middle school, high school, whatever, like, they, any sport outside of football is seen as, like, oh, you're soft. You're playing something else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that's funny. Well, it, 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 Tony's last year in college, and it, Cal made to the, the Mark Madness, right? So he was playing up until, like, the end. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Cal made it. They was, I, think, I don't know if they was, were they Sweet 16 that year? That was 97? 97, yes. Yes. Yeah, they had a good record that year. Uh, Yeah, looking here. That'd be 96, 97? Yeah, 96, 97. Schedule. Yeah, man. Yeah, they won round one, round two. Yeah, they made it to Sweet 16. They lost. They played North Carolina in the Sweet 16 and lost. Okay. It beat Princeton, beat Villanova. Then, uh, yeah, now you play. It, 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 they kept it close, too, like 63 to 57 to uh, North Carolina, Sweet 16. I mean, that's. Yeah, I, I remember that year. I remember, shoot, them jokes were making it. I didn't remember. Do, do you remember. Obviously, you became friends and tight with Tony after the fact. But do you do you remember like watching like, oh, this guy's gonna play? This guy's supposed to be one of the top tens coming out. And he's playing and he's playing uh, basketball at like Cal. Did you have like any preconceived like, oh, like I wonder how this guy's gonna pan out? Just because I mean, like you know, that's seeing like two two sport athlete guys, and it wasn't common to see at that at this point at that at that stage. You know, you know, first put me on to Tony uh, was John Gruden talking about it. He said, man, you heard, you heard this Gonzalez kid is coming out? Tell you and Jason? I said, uh, he plays basketball. I said, yeah, I haven't really, I haven't seen any football stuff. Never, you know, and watched. Like, I've never been really a big college football fan. But I watched him in the Sweet 16. I watched him play, you know, basketball. I said, man, he's, you know, he's athletic. Uh, he's like, yeah, man, he's going to be pretty good. I said, yeah, he looks like it, you know. So, but that, that was pretty much about it, hmm. you know. You just kind of know it every year. But, you know, like, that was my rookie year. Like ninety six is my rookie year. Next year was, you know, his year, mm-hmm. and so, uh, 
think I was thinking more about my stuff as opposed to like who was coming in. I was yeah. like, I was like, I'm, 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 I'm here to be a star. That's <laughs> yeah. where I was. Yeah. So mm -hmm. like locked in on your own, on your own, uh, on your own thing, not thinking about other other guys' careers. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's good. That's a good team. I don't know if this team won it, but the team that North Carolina team, uh, Antoine, a a Anton Jameson, Vince Carter, that's the team they played against. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's beast of uh, yeah. guys through. Oh man, it's Sean Marks, the current GM for the Nets, also the big man for the Nets. That was that was on the Cal team with Tony. Sean Marks. Time. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Damn. I love, I love seeing all these names, man. It's like, you know, it's, you know, it's like the world coming circle. Cause he's Sean Marks, which was a, a rotational big in the league. And now he's a GM for the Nets. Mm -hmm. And Tony's got connects in the front offices, man. <laughs> Bezos. And now uh, Sean Marks at the uh, GM yeah, for the Nets. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what uh, with this episode today, so last week we, uh, dove in a little bit to the receivers. Um, so last week's episode, we kind of talked about, you know, the left tackle being a vacancy uh, and then also future free agencies that we have with some of these guys, uh, which a lot of people are kind of looking into. Um, but this week we're, we're going to kind of dive into who are free agents and what the cap situation looks like with our old linemen that are still on the roster. And we'll also look into some of the free agents that are out there who could be possible fill-ins, um, if we don't end up drafting a left tackle, which some people are thinking we're going to do that because it's a very deep left tackle class, this draft class coming out, but it's also a pretty deep tackle free agency class. But we'll uh, we'll get into that, seeing our uh, seeing who we got out there as of right now. So dive in here. All right. So obviously, first off, our free agents. We have three guys who are free agents as far as old linemen go. Um, Donovan Smith, uh, kind of being the headliner of that. Obviously filled in uh, pretty did, did a pretty good job this year. Second half of the season when he came back from the injury, did awesome. Was great in the playoffs. Um, Nick Allegretti, our guard, has been with us since the kind of the uh, the jump of the Mahomes era. Um, yeah, he's a free agent. Obviously, he's got the uh, he's gonna. I, I haven't really heard about what kind of surgery he's gonna get, but with the injury he has, that's that's Tommy John surgery. So and that could range to be I don't know five to five to twelve months based on different ranges of it. I remember last year when um what's his name when uh. Um, Purdy had the, uh, the, the UCL injury. They were saying he was going to be out for the whole season, came back by the time uh, preseason came around. So I was like, Oh, Whoa. All right. So who knows if he goes to that same surgeon. And then our guy who we, you've been a huge fan of MJD, um, it's our guy, Prince Tega Wanogo, who honestly, like without the injury bug, this guy could have been vying for starting left ta starting tackle reps, um, I, I believe he tore his quad this year. He had a, he had a pretty bad injury during the season this year. Um, and yeah, he's a free agent now. Uh, interesting to see what happens with him. I know we've, we've, we've been big, high on him. Our team has, so I don't know what's going to happen with him. What stands out to you with the, uh, the three free agents that we have, uh, this year, JD, with these guys. So what stands out, um, these guys, I mean, Donovan Smith was a good starter for us. Um, I think he did a, a, a good job for us, a really good job. He's a, he's a starting left tackle in the NFL, no doubt. And so, you know, trying to either replace him and get a guy here, uh, knowing that we got Wanye Morris, is he developed enough to, to take that over? It's kind of the questions that we're kind of looking at. Uh, you know, my thing was Donovan signed a one-year deal with us, uh, the three million. Uh, is it something that the Chiefs could try to sign long-term with, with Donovan? 
for another couple of years. Um, I think he did a pretty good job for us. And I, I keep saying that over and over again. Juan Ye came in and did a good job in the reserve role. Um, the question is, is he ready? We know he's a big athletic kid. Uh, still got to get better feet. Still probably has to get a little bit stronger. He can work all those things during the offseason. He should be, if he's not working all that stuff right now to overtake, become the starting left tackle, I don't know what else he's doing. Uh, I don't know as far as, like, do you address that in, in, in the draft? I don't think it's a high priority for us. I think that's what you try to explore is either try to keep Donovan here or go all in on Wanye, right, and then see who you got, you know, that could possibly back up. Um, that's the question. I like Prince, you know. Uh, Jago Wanu, the Prince, you know, he was he was a guy that I thought was was going to come in and actually take over at the left tackle position because he's another athletic guy. Played at Auburn, uh, was up with Philly for a little bit, and ended up coming out here to Kansas City. I was like, man, that's great. Yahoo, we got this guy. And like you said, injury bug hits him, and it's just like one of those things, man. It's just for whatever reason doesn't pan out, guys keep having – Injuries here and there, just sets back, setbacks, setbacks. Uh, but I like his size. I like his, you know, his grit, everything about it. Look good in college, look good when he would come in, you know, some of the place, man. I, I mean, dang God. So the, these, from these three guys, uh, and then, of course, Nick, uh, it's unfortunate, man, this happened with his elbow. But he was a solid, solid backup force, solid, solid backup force. So I don't know how how long that's going to take. Will he be able to report at the beginning of, of, of camp for us? Possibly. I don't know. Would he be able to do it at least before the season? If he does, he keeps his speed and stuff. I think he'll be fine. I think he'll be fine. Uh, but he, you know, he is a free agent. You want to keep a guy like that here. I think Nick Alec Reddy is a guy that is a staple here in Kansas City that, you know, he wants to probably end his career here. Uh, and I would look to try to make something like that happen, uh, especially, you know, you still know you got Joe, you know, Tooney. And so with Joe, uh, maybe a restructure is coming for him to get more money back. That's another question. But from these three guys that I'm looking at right here, um, all three guys can help us. All three guys, I think, are, are good players. Uh, I like all of them all on the roster. I do. I like all three guys on a roster. So that's, that's what I see. That's what stands out for me. Well, the thing about Prince, which is so interesting, and obviously the injury bugs is terrible when, when guys continue continually to get different injuries. But Prince, like, do, week three, that Bears game, Juwan, we're, 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 killing, we're killing him, but we pulled Juwan Taylor. And I remember everyone's like, whoa, what's going on here? Juwan got pulled? What happened? What happened? And Prince comes in there, looks pretty damn good. And then Juwan goes back in there like, oh, um, well, I wonder why that is. And then it's like, oh, wait, Prince got hurt in that game. And it was kind of one of those quiet things that we didn't really like, really know what it was and tore his quadriceps in that game. And there was a chance he almost made it back for the Super Bowl, but then I believe they, they ruled him out shortly before the Super Bowl. Uh, but, man, yeah, like – and the one thing I will say with Allegretti and Prince specifically, I don't know what Donovan Smith, how, how he's going to break the bank this year. Um, based on PFF's numbers, we'll get into the available guys. But, like, I don't know if Prince and Allegretti are going to break the bank. And if they, depending on what their injury status is, how long it's going to take, we may, A, may, may be able to get a discount on them because even – and I'll tell you what about Allegretti, which is so disappointing for him. 
he was playing so well that I think that he probably would be able to price out of, of, of what we probably pay from an, another team that saw him, like kind of what uh, what's, what Wiley did with us last year. Wiley looked good, got a three-year, $24 million deal from the, uh, the commanders, and then, boom, he left. Alec Gray was probably trending towards that way with the way he uh, dominated in the, the the back half of the playoffs. Uh, and then Prince, with the quadricep injury, I don't know. I, I feel like we could be able to get him at a very cheap price kind of thing. I, and I don't know what that is, but he's proven when he does get playing time, that's the it's the being able to stay on the field, which we also have that same kind of thing with Niang, who's also still on the roster. So it's like, uh, yeah. And But Donovan Smith, I, I don't know. Do, do you think Donovan Smith, based on if you were GM and based on what you saw this year, do you think he – because, I mean, that was the whole thing. He signed a one-year deal with us to kind of prove it because he wanted a, a bigger contract and then he didn't end up getting it, signs with Kansas City. Do you think he did enough as far as to get a, a bigger contract than what he got last year with us? I, I do. I think so. Absolutely. If you're starting left tackle here at the NFL, you you, you should have – you know, you, you're protecting the most valuable man in the NFL too. So let's not forget that. Um, what that translates into as far as – Contract, I'm not sure, right? Because we know we, we're going to have some constraints on far as like trying to sign guys. My thing is, do you, could you sign Donovan Smith to maybe, let's just say you give him double to what he was making, $6 million a year, okay? All right? Do it for like three years. I think that's something that's doable, okay? Six to $7 million. Especially if he's not getting bites from other other teams, I don't know. Other teams may be like, "Hey, man, look, we want to pay you ten to twelve, right?" And he has every right to go if, if he's just if he's getting those type of bites and those type of opportunities. Then I, I think he has to explore those things. I think he'll do the right thing for that. Like you said, he already has two Super Bowl rings. I think he enjoyed playing here. You know, he looked he looked natural, uh, but he he definitely deserves a bigger payday. Uh, then what did we got? We got him at a, at a good bargain, man, for three million. It did. Uh, th- does that mean that some of that? So here's the possibilities. There's talk and conversation that they may try to restructure Juwan too, right? So that that might be a thing that you know that you can do to bring some of that money. We know you got Joe and you got Juwan, both making good money. Okay, you want to try to keep that line together as much as possible. And then left tackle is pivotal. It is pivotal to our success. Uh, unless you just think Juan Ye can handle it. You think Juan Ye can handle it, and then you say, hey, look, let's bring Prince back. Uh, then so be it. Uh, but that that's th- those decisions are very, I mean, you got to work through this, on this really, really well. You know what I mean? Because you got you to flesh this out, man. It ain't like a, you know, see you later, we appreciate it. It doesn't happen like that with tackle, especially left tackle, uh, protecting the Patrick's blind side. And so uh, I think I had this conversation with somebody who was talking about left tackle, right tackles, like the nobody thinks like the. I said, look, man, it, it, it is a difference. And so, you know, the blind side is still the blind side. Right tackles do are getting up there to make almost what left tackles are making, right, because of just – the pass rushers you had to go against, okay? And so what they started doing is they started taking their best pass rusher and putting it against our right tackles because you knew that left tackle was our best tackle. Yeah. So they was like, well, shoot, we need a, a good caliber right tackle just like we do left. Uh, but I do believe, you know, the blind side is one of the things because you just can't see it. 
And so you got to have a guy, this, you know, premier guy protecting Patrick Mahomes' uh, blind side. Yep. But he did a good job, man, of just seeing things all around him anyway. He's got, you know, spatial awareness, you know, out the wazoo. But yep. yeah, you got to make sure. Yeah, man. You got you to have, a, like I said, a capable guy for sure. Uh, I like Donovan. I'm going to keep saying that. I would like try. I would try to find something to get Donovan here for a long term deal. Uh, that's me. So, so I'm. I remember last year during the draft. I remember what we were trying to trade up to get a left tackle. I, I remember. Like, I think we wanted Anton Harrison. We also wanted yeah. to do from um, do the Pittsburgh ended up drafting the dude from Georgia. I forgot his name. Um, but I remember we wanted both those guys. Didn't get them. Then we wait till what, round three to get Wanye. Now it's a very deep tackle. Draft class. Let's say we do get the left tackle, and based on what we what we've seen, besides Wanye stepping in this year, Mahomes has primarily had veteran guys be his left tackle. He's never really had to go into the season with a rookie left tackle. Now, is this something that would be interesting? Like, would you be surprised if they say, "Screw it, we're not going to go. We're not going to go get Donovan. We're not going to go get Tyron Smiths of the world or the or the Trent uh, Browns of the world on the left, the left free agency. We're going to go with the rookie. Would that be would it, would it be shocking to you if we don't bring in a veteran left tackle? It it, it would be shocking, uh, especially if you know obviously left tackle is asking for a lot of money. If you just ask him to break the bank, man, we just ain't got the we ain't got the bank to break it for. You know, we we got other guys we need to break the bank for. So that, that's, the, that's the reality of it. That's, that's the reality of the Chiefs in this situation at this moment, okay? Trying to play, you know, Rob Peter, play, you know, pay Paul. That's what we need to do. We got it. Get a little bit over here, a little over here, a little over here to, you know, to make sure our guys on the defensive side are good. Uh, but we know for a fact our left tackle's got to be a priority for us. Can you draft a guy? And it's always that question. Can you bring a rookie in? him doing a good job. He has to be one of the top, I'm telling you, first round picks, top 20 type of guys, like a no-miss guy, a no-miss guy. And we thought it was pretty deep last year with tackles. And I'm not sure how guys did and how they fared out last year for the guys that got drafted. I'm not even sure. Uh, But I know it's it's still a task that you had to take to at least keep adjusting to try to get into the NFL. It's going to take some time. Yeah. Wanye Morris, to me, because he's had a year in his belt, is a better option than getting a guy as a rookie coming in. You know what I mean? Like, I would take Wanye Morris because now he's got he's got experience. He's played against the best. So, you know, why not keep developing this guy? If that's going to be the case, as opposed to getting a, another rookie and say, oh, he's going to be a starting guy. Yeah. Uh, I don't see anybody like that who's going to come in and just going to be lights out, Hall of Famer from the very beginning. Okay. It's going to be better than Wanye Morris, at least in my estimation. Maybe I need to do a much deeper dive into the, the tackle position, left tackle in uh, in college uh, who's going to be drafted. So, Yeah, I was done. I was just kind of doing a brief like research on, and it was saying that the, the, the things that – well, I made the connection. The things that this draft's deep in are the kind of the needs of our squad, which is the offensive tackles, the receivers, D tackles. All through those positions, we, 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 could, we could definitely dabble in. But um, it's Marcus. Marcus, these things are no. I mean, we we so guys that we know. We know we got we know Donovan Smith. We played for a year. We had Wanye, who played for us in a year. Prince, we didn't have for a couple of years. 
We know these guys. These guys coming out of college is always it's a gamble. It's know. a gamble. You never know, man. Go ahead, brother. No, I will say though, with, with Veach, so far, I know we we love that how he's he's found value in late round picks with with the, with the draft, the Trey Smiths of the world, the Creed Humphreys of the world. I mean, he has done a good job drafting late round linemen. I'm not saying that we're gonna you know put our fortunes on a late round left tackle, which that's kind of what Wanya Morris is, and a thing that you and I were yeah. kind of skeptical of with Wanya. Yeah, he's got a year under his belt where he's played primarily left tackle for a few games when Donovan went down. But he wasn't really a full-on left tackle. He was a right tackle, left tackle, right tackle, left tackle when he was in college. So it was like we didn't really lock down the left tackle kind of guy in the draft because all the left tackles were going by the time he got to our pick. So we really didn't get a, a kind of um, this full-on left tackle type of guy. Maybe this is what we go for this year. I mean, I, I, I don't know. But, like, the fact that it just seems weird to me that we would go – we would kind of rest our laurels with a rookie left tackle to to block for Pat's blindside, as you mentioned. It's a very yeah, important I, position. Yeah, I, I think I think at least for me, Wanye Morris has been here, and you solidified him being a left tackle. That's his position. Let him play that position. Let him develop. You got an off season. You got you know training camp all ready to come in for uh, for the start of the the, the season for the year. So I would just develop him more so try to get a guy, you know, into the draft, you know, use your draft picks for something else. I see a need. Uh, wide receiver. We talked about that wide receiver. I see a need a defensive tackle besides Chris Jones. Yeah. The guy in here, uh, you know, another pass rusher doesn't hurt, hurt, get a guy here. We talked about running back. We talked about maybe a tight end, okay, and finding some guys. And so I think there's other needs there that you need to kind of look and explore to see what else you, you get. Um, I So especially if you got guys in the building. If you got guys in the building like Wanya Morris and maybe try to talk Donovan and stay in there for another year and get uh, uh, Prince, go that route. So based on what your priority, you're saying Donovan – Try to get Donovan. If that doesn't work out, then stick with Wanye instead of drafting a a, a first round rookie left tackle. That's what you do. That's what I would do. That's that's exactly what I would do. Yeah. Uh, but that's me. That's one man's opinion. I don't know. Shoot. So hey, I, I that we we value I, I, everyone in the chat can, can agree. We value we value your opinion very much, buddy. <laughs> I, I appreciate it, man. I know a little bit of what I'm talking about. You so. do. I know the development of it when it comes in as far as tackles and, you know, the time it takes for guys to be, you know, you know, be ready. Mm-hmm. I like Kanye Morse because we, he does have a year playing. And, you know, he's shoot. He's going against some of the, the best pass rushers out there. Yeah. And he, he's known it. He's seen them. So it's good. It's good for him. It's good for mm-hmm. him. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Thomas is the only question mark there as far as the money, because we're talking about, you know, you know, penny pinching this offseason with trying to keep our other guys in. But I wouldn't be surprised if Allegretti and Prince are back on the squad. We'll see what happens with their recovery and their offseason timeline. But I could see. I wouldn't be surprised those two. And then, yeah, all eyes will be on, uh, I guess, to a lesser extent. We got Chris Jones, Legarius Sneed watch, and then Donovan Smith watch. A little bit a little bit below those two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I think, it, you know, it's a price, right? That's what we're looking for. What 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 is Donovan – Price tag, okay. What is this price tag? 
Yeah, uh, one year we got him at one year three million last year. <laughs> what an absolutely what a steal. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's thirty year old guy. So, Jenny, uh, we have, we have we have a question from uh, our guy HBHY. Um, I guess talking about maybe what your thoughts are as far as what you're looking for, be it draft or veteran guys. What what are the things you're looking for in a lineman? Uh, definitely has to be all three of those size, technique, speed, more quickness that you want more athletic ability. Uh, you want to make sure his, uh, uh, you know, from the hips, his power from his hips, if he's able to try to kind of, you know, uh, project out striking guys, um, hand placement, uh, knowledge of the game, but without a doubt, your feet, your feet's got to be, I mean, you almost have to have ballerina feet, just athletic. And so that anchor is so important, especially for, for tackles and offensive linemen. Uh, leverage, guys to play with great leverage, uh, great hand placement, strength, got to have strength. Strength is important. It's key. Uh, you especially want to stifle a pass rush. If you got a guy who's got a, a heart punch, you know, to take somebody's heart out, boom, that's what you want to be able to see. You know, I'm just saying. That's that's what it is. You that strike, you got to be able to have that strike hand placement. You don't want a guy to be out here. You want a guy to be inside. You know how how close is he inside? Um, but it, without a doubt, his relationship when he's when he's in his, you know, pass blocking. You know how good is he? Is he can he can he when a guy's who has speed can he adjust to a speed guy, bull rush guy? How does he do? How, how does he play? Does he play up high? Does he get over his, his, his toes too much? So there's a lot to look in right there, uh, my guy. But, yeah, those, those are all the good things. If you take it all, that's a lot. If you take it, you look for a lot. I mean, I'm, I'm writing these things down. I'm checking the boxes. Okay. Uh, from the things I, I, I checked out, Wanye has uh, – he has size. He has athletic ability. Uh, he – his hands got to get better. He's got to get stronger. Uh, his feet got to get quicker than what they were. These are things that that are that he can improve through the offseason. Uh, but I, I think he he he, he man he, he looks good. He looks good. I seen flashes of like okay this guy right here could he, he could definitely be a starter here in the NFL. Uh, and then when you see him go up against a guy who's crappy like you know Crosby. And uh, the other guy, then it's like, oh, okay. We, we see, you know, the drop off, All right? And them jokers is like they was tag team. Like, man, let me let me get a turn at him. Let me get it. Oh, man, get <laughs> let me get a turn over there. And you don't want to see that. You you don't want to see guys uh, tag teaming like it's uh, WWE over there. <laughs> you know? and so, uh, yeah, but I, I think Wanye has all that ability in him. He starts developing that man. I think he's going. He's going to be fine. Uh, I think the coach has seen that in him, and I, I like it. I like that about him. But I need to see the strength. I need to see same thing. Not playing too high. Be able to get out of his stance a little bit faster. And able to readjust. There's another thing. Crosby beat him on the inside. He didn't adjust real well coming back on the inside. You got to be able to feel that push and come back on guys. So. 
Yeah, and, and I think we both agree. We we both trust our offensive line coaching. I mean, they they they've done wonders with so many different guys um, throughout the years. So Andy Heck has done an amazing job. Shout yeah. out North Virginia, my high school alumni, Andy Heck. That's my guy. Um, there we go. Here we go. <laughs> um, so yeah, I with Wanye, if they if they think that's one thing too. Everyone says don't question Veach. Yeah, we're we're gonna question. I mean, sometimes you you sometimes you have to question, but. If they do feel like, and, and definitely Pat's a part of this conversation too, if they feel that Wanya is good enough to be the left tackle this year or the future, then I trust it. I mean, because that's one thing, you know, people talk, they say, oh, we're getting uh, Pat uh, input on this with receivers, with skill players, a lot of stuff. But first and foremost, we everyone saw us get teed off on that Tampa Bay game. Ever since then, it's like, okay, we need to be very cognizant of what we do in the O-line. That offseason, we've got Creed, we got Trey, um, and then last year we get Juwan, and then this year, I mean, are we going to stick with Wanye? We'll see. And then I think Pat's going to be very vocal about if they need to bring back Donovan or if they're confident enough to stick with Wanye. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. Well, I'll tell you this. I, I think it couldn't have been a better scenario for us than Donovan Smith being, getting hurt, right? Unfortunately, him getting hurt, but it was able to prepare Wanye forward to see what he can do in games. And so he, he – you know, it boded well for us because it's like, okay, this this kid can shoot. He's, he's got some game to it, you know, play really well. He's physical. We've seen him coming out physical. That's yeah. him watching Donovan. He's watching. Like in practice, I guarantee he can sit there like, look, you watch how when we modeling guys, watch how Donovan and those guys are modeling guys. That's how you need to play. And so that, that's the best scenario for Wanya to come in and learn behind a guy like a veteran guy like Donovan Smith, you know. Who had every potential to be one of the top left tackles in the league, right? And he mm-hmm. got hurt. So um and I feel like the play calling, because we remember we kind of after that December game, that, that Raider game, that's when we kind of honed in and went this more ball control balanced offensive approach, which I think if we had that kind of offense with Wanye there at left tackle, I think we wouldn't be even right now, we'd be saying, Oh, yeah, we got our left tackle. You know, you know, I feel like the offense we had, we were because we were still trying to, you know kind of not really having much of a flow to it, not really to committing to the run. I feel like at that point, we're like, oh, man, like, of course, I mean, it's the rookie getting beat here because we're throwing the ball 50 times and, you know, not really not, not really having a flow to the offense. And when Donovan came back, that's when they kind of committed to that run, you know, the playoffs and stuff. So I, I think with the offensive approach that we had, I don't think it was beneficial to what Wanye was at, at that point in time. I mean, that's, that's definitely a conversation there for, for that. Uh, I you know, I had to go back and see. For me, even if Wanya had played well up up until then, when Donovan had gotten well, I would have put Donovan back in the game. That, yeah. That's that's what I would have done. Uh, so I don't know if I would have been like, okay, Wanya's playing too good, unless he was just lights out, just killing people, and he just looked like this dude has no reason to be on the sideline whatsoever, right? Yeah. I just seen some, you know, obviously with him coming in, a little deficiencies in some of his technique, his feet, those things of that nature. That was just like, okay, like he, he looked good for the little sample size we had. Yeah. Uh, is he ready? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eddie Gary didn't But I, I am more confident in him doing it now after him playing this year, no doubt. So uh, they may, they, they, they might agree with that too, uh, Marcus. So especially, especially if it um, saves him a few coins there too. Well, <laughs> Yeah, he ain't never lied about that. You know, I go. 
But you were also so spot on with that. I remember at the time when Donovan was coming back, I remember there were some fans who were saying, you know, uh, we're not going to go far anyway. Like, let's just take our lumps with Wanya, let him let him finish out the season as the, as the left tackle. And you were like, no, when he, when Donovan comes back, he's going to be the guy. And then what happened? Absolutely. Well, no, ta- no taking our lumps because we you know we got we got that that ring. <laughs> right. Um, I've done this a time or two. So what's that? I said I've done this a time or two. You know, I yes. used to be an offensive line coach, man. Our yes. guys, all my guys went to college, and then, you know, it was JD knows a little better what he's talking about now. Okay, you know your I stuff, do, yeah. Know. Yeah, and it's not just limited to the O line stuff, JD, because you were one of the few. Uh, I honestly, maybe the only voice that was uh, saying, "Hold up, give MVS just get MVS his earn credence, guys. Just re- relax a little bit here." And what happened? We all, I think we all know what happened in the playoffs. <laughs> we had a conversation. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna tell them, my guys, we had a conversation. Go ahead, well, man. What, what? We, we were just having a conversation because uh, barbershop was like, man, I guess he took one of our, our tweets or something and he showed it to us all on, you know, all our boys in the top. And man, JD was like, yo, dude. I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, let the worst thing you possibly do is. You could have sat him and not do anything with MBS. That was the worst thing you do with a guy who's catching the football, right? Mm-hmm. Who's got it. That'd have been the worst thing that could possibly do against a guy like that. So, and you found the silver lining because I mean, you were talking about, oh yeah, you can't bench him with the way we're running the ball. He, he's the only one who actually blocks out there. And then, like, yeah, they never benched him. They kept him in there, and then they, that you know, they never, they never benched him. With, and for whatever reason, with running uh, his blocking ability or whatnot, he still stuck in there and you know did his thing throughout the playoffs. So. Slowly developing the confidence back, man. Slowly developing it back, right? And it, it it takes time. And if I can give you something else you can do that you can feel good about, beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And then maybe that grows and that that will you know trigger something else of getting better confidently about doing something. And so, yeah, no doubt about it. So, all right. So we're gonna go to our current. So our current offensive line right now. These are guys who are under contract for this coming season. And JD made mention of maybe restructures coming for a few of the guys on this O line. But um, this is the uh, the cap hit from a few of the guys here. And I also from our starting linemen. I've also listed uh, as to how long they're under contract for. Um, so we got start off with guard uh, Joe Tooney, twenty six point nine million dollar cap hit. And he restructured last year. Uh, but he won't be a free. He'll, he'll be on the team for two more years, so uh, not next off season. The following off season, he'll be a free agent. Jawan Taylor, twenty four point seven million dollar cap hit. Uh, his dead cap is like beyond that, it's like thirty something million. So I don't think that's gonna happen. Um, under under uh, restricted free agent in twenty twenty seven. So three more years of Jawan Taylor. Now Creed Humphrey. This is where we get into the nitty gritty here. So Creed Humphrey, one point seven million dollar cap hit, free agent next year. So this is his last year in Kansas City, um, unless they get a deal done. Um, our guy Lucas Niang. Some people thought he was going to be the tackle of the future in that uh, Kansas City. Uh, One point three million dollars. Um, he's a free agent next year. Um, yeah, Wanye. He's on. The, he's going to be up in three years. So one point two million. Not really much there. Trey Smith. One million dollar. That's a steal. Um, unrestricted free agent next year. So that's another one that they got to maybe think about. You know, long term deals coming here. Um, and then we got tackle, um, can't pronounce his uh, first name, but last name's Godric. Um, he's one of these future, uh, I think he's one of these like, future guys, uh, NFL international, um, uh, kind, yeah, kind yeah. of project, uh, not really making much, uh, he's free agent next year. And then, um, we got Mike Caliendo, who is an exclusive rights free agent this year, but 
based on what I've read, he's probably gonna be kept around as an exclusive rights guy, not really making much about 750 uh, K. Okay. Um, so JD, when you look at this, obviously you got the big numbers here of, of Joe Tooney and Juwan Taylor that stand out to you. Um, do you think that's where that I mean, a lot of it's going to have to come from to, in order to extend guys like Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, we're going to need to kind of, I don't know, restructure some of these big, uh, these big deals we have here because Tooney and Taylor, man, that's a, that's a big part of the cap here. That's big. That's big. Boy, that's, that's a big chunk right there. That, <laughs> that, that is, without a doubt where some of that, that had to come from without a doubt. So, uh, and I don't think those guys have an issue with it. I don't think they'll have a problem. Uh, at least I don't I don't perceive them having a problem. Um, you know, the team obviously with, with Taylor would like, hey, look, man, we, you know, we expected this, we didn't get that because of you know some of the penalties and whatnot. Uh I'm sure they'll try to justify the, the you know the cap hit being a little bit less than that. Same with 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 Tooney. Uh 26.9 mil milli. Woo! Goodness gracious. Lord <laughs> Woo! Uh, but he, he's, he's been playing great ball, man. He's, he's a great guard. Um, that injury changes things for him. So, um, that he'll, they'll probably restructure him for sure. Maybe try to get about 6 million back from him, six or seven. Um, you, you, so you tore your pick. So for some of the listeners and viewers who, you know, didn't know when we talked about it, when he had this initial peck injury, um, you actually tore your peck. So, and I don't yeah. know, they, they, they've been very hush hush of what the injury was. And based on him playing, missing three weeks, they, I think it was, we could say it was a torn pride peck, um, where severity of it was, but did you feel like you play, you played through it, obviously, which is just, that's, that's JD for you. But did you feel kind of ramifications of like, not ramifications, but like residual effects of the pec injury, like throughout, like continuing to play, like would you still feel like residuals from having the initial pec tear? I mean, it was, you know, it was pain. And what I did was, and, and I don't know, you know, cause you had to think about, you know, as far as pictorial, like what part of the pec did he tear or what was, what was hurt? What did he strain? You know, mine was up here in the, the tight top left quadrant, I guess. And I tore that part from the bone. And like I said, probably, you know, 50% of it, 60, like myself, still have a divot. I would, the, the pain was the residual effect of, of that, but I was restricted because I had a harness that would keep me from going back. That was where the, uh, the touchy part of it was. I said, I didn't want to extend it to the point where I tore it fully from the bone. And then I had to necessarily have surgery. So I was restricted from how far I could go back. But it was good because I still have range to do particular things. I just couldn't go back this far. You know, you start doing that, then it's a whole different thing. Uh, I don't know where, where, where Tooney had his. Uh, that's what kind of made me question, like, okay, he's out for three weeks. Like, what's going on? Like, they, they may have thought it was bad enough where he may have to have surgery. Mm-hmm. It's a strain. I think a strain depends on where, like I said, where it was at. You know, I don't, yeah. I don't know. That that was, that was it was kind of, I, I, I assume he was coming back. You know, especially if they put him on RR. 
They didn't say, you know, surgery was needed. I assumed that he was coming back. Mm-hmm. And so maybe it was just so uh, uncomfortable for him, or maybe they didn't want to put him in jeopardy and they didn't want to say anything and just kind of let it linger for a little bit. Like, hey, you know, maybe he can, maybe he can't. And so they kind of left it up to him. And they ruled him out so early, too, uh, that the week of the Super Bowl. It was like, it was like Monday or Tuesday. It was like, yeah, it's not looking good for him. It's like, okay, yeah, he's not playing. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but is that is that injury? Because obviously, when a guy tears the ACL, MCL, you know, front office can use it. Like, hey, man, like, can restructure this? You know, coming back from a really brutal injury, is that the type of injury where they can say, like, hey, like, you know, coming off a really bad injury? Like, I mean, it's, it's a torn pec, but obviously, we don't know where it is in the pec to, to say, you know, right, right, yeah. So it's the, you know the muscle, you know, tears, you know, it can be significant or strain, or how they want to, you know fiber strain or tears, you know, they call those strains. Uh, yeah, I, I have no idea what part of the pec it was. You know, like I said, I know where mine was, and I've seen other guys who have torn pecs and other things of that nature uh, still play, still come out and play. Like I said, same thing with a harness. You know, when I when I spoke to the doctor, you know, the team doctors and was talking to them, what all my options were, and – you know, it went from, hey, you're thinking about having surgery to, hey, you want to wear a harness. And I was like, I was supposed to like have the surgery. I was like, I don't want to go under the knife if I don't have to. And so there was like option like, hey, you know, some guys, if they have 50% torn or whatever, we might have to go to the knife to pull the muscle back out and attach it back. That's a possibility. And I didn't feel like doing that. I was like, so what's the other options? And so the other option was try to let it heal on itself wear a harness to still play and that's what i opted to do uh yeah that that, that kind of shot me a little bit about like about tuning mm-hmm. shot me a little bit yeah um so uh, one of the biggest talks obviously biggest talk of the free agency we've mentioned it chris jones Jerry Sneed, that's going to be the kickoff to everything but a lot of people are talking about the extension aspect of guys like creed humphrey of trey smith uh, even guys on defensively talk about Nick Bolton possibly getting an extension this offseason. Um, so it's that's how good of rookie classes we've we, we've struck on the last few years. But we when we look at Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith, obviously the hope is they can extend both these guys and keep them. Um of the two between Trey Smith and Creed Humphrey, who is who do you see has more of an importance uh on the O line? Uh who who would be a harder guy to replace uh, between a Creed Humphrey or Trey Smith type? <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, maybe Creed. Creed, because he's making all the calls. That's one thing you had to take into in account. Uh, finding a good center, man, you know, it's, it's, it's very important because you're snapping the football, right? You got to make the calls, set the defense. Uh, and then you're playing all, everywhere around you. You got both guards, you know, kind of, you know, their jobs. So you, you got, you got some heavy handed guys in inside that you got to be able to get. Uh, I think you could probably possibly find good guards in the league because you have two guys on out, you know, outside and inside of you. Uh, the center does, but he's, he's got a little bit a little different duty. Uh, I, I would say that would be the hardest thing. We're probably, you know, trying to get Creed, mm. you know, something like that here. Uh, I mean, Trey is, is, is as valuable, you know, as Creed is for what yeah. we do. And, 
you know, trying to find a, a guy that, that can do what Trey does may be an easier task. Maybe an easier task. So that that's my assessment. That's my assessment. Mm-hmm. If I, you know, if I had to take two, if I'm looking at the two different guys, Marcus, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, probably Creed would be probably the harder guy to uh, uh, to substitute for. Yeah, no, we've had luck with centers over the last. I mean, we we've literally gone from last few years gone from uh, Rodney Hudson to Mitch Morse to Creed Humphrey essentially, and that's been pretty much been the last three guys that we, we we've had here uh, in this room, which is been awesome uh, to, to say to go from those three guys. Um, now, talk about Trace, but and so obviously Juwan Taylor's had issues and whatnot this year with the holdings, the um, the the false starts, but having Trey Smith with them, I think would you say may have maybe covered up some other maybe uh, deficiencies that Juwan Taylor may have had having Trey Smith with them, and that's also something too. It's like yeah, we're paying Juwan Taylor all this money, but like we're getting rid of possibly one of the best guards in the game at Trey Smith. I mean, that's what, what, what kind of Juwan Taylor we're going to get in the post-Trey Smith era, too. That's that's over me, which I, I'm I'm kind of scared about, the, the, that potential. No, I, no I, didn't, I didn't really see anything as far as, uh, you know, covering up any, you know, uh, deficiencies from Juwan. I think Juwan did a pretty decent job. Uh, he held his own on that, you know, out there. Uh, Obviously, you know, the holding call and him being off sides. And part of that was, like I, I explained it to people, but part of it is because Trey was lining up in the backfield uh, further back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trey was at times, okay, my assessment, okay, as an O-line coach, uh, there were times that, you know, Trey's first year to me, and not as much this year, but he would get pushed back. So he would lose ground. You got to set. You got to set the depth of the pocket. Pocket at guard. Uh, Trey would get pushed back sometimes at, at, at guard. So uh, those were things that that would, in my head, I would look at. Obviously, some of the twists that were happening, passing off guys, you know, being on the same level is another thing that you know teams try to do to get you know guys off, expose them a little bit. Uh, not saying that we had a huge problem with that. Uh, but in some games, it would show up that I would see. Uh, but as far as like uh, the trade cover for some of Juwan's deficiency, I didn't really see too much of that. I okay. didn't. I think Juwan was, he's a very athletic tackle. I think, you know, he's, he's a good tackle. His problem is, you know, the penalties. Yeah. That was the problem. Other than that, man, he, he, he did a good job for us. So, yeah. Yeah, I was just wondering I wanted to, wanted to ask just because, you know, having a having a special talent at right guard that can help maybe possibly be, if, a, if a right tackle has any deficiencies, you maybe have having help there. But you didn't see anything that I that I, I trust you. I didn't I didn't see any, I didn't see anything that I was just like, oh wow, Trey's, you know, should look it out for this guy. Mm-hmm. Right. I didn't see too much of that. Uh but so I will I will say and I haven't I haven't said this to a lot. But uh, we've seen at times how many times the guys were getting help. We were still getting chips and stuff like that for tackles. Yeah, people just didn't think that was possible when we had uh, uh, OBJ and, uh, and Wally here. Well, we don't need guys to get chips. Uh, yeah, you do. I don't care who here. <laughs> Everybody needs to get a chip. Everybody, and even if they're not expecting it, you're going to get it anyway. Mm-hmm. That's just part of the deal. You want to help guys out. Sure. 
If you ain't getting a chip, I'll be looking back like, hey, man, you see some ribs, you hit this sucker. You hit him as hard as you can. Take a couple plays out of him. So I just – I, I just I think some of those things are kind of kind of funny uh, when I hear people say things like that. Uh, but O line overall did a I think did a great job for us. Oh, yeah. Did a great job for us last year. Uh, that's why I was like, man, I like to see Donovan here for another year. Juan, yeah, we'll be able to come in and, and, and take that without a doubt. But yeah, and that then, money, what's that? But that money, you still got the money. Ooh, I mean, JD, you can literally take from Kelly Hendo all the way up to um, all the way up to Humphrey, and none of those guys even get close to what either one of those guys are making. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And here's the thing, though, you know, you're talking about some of these guys are like talking about come look, all the guys are going to be unrestricted free agents next year. I won't even touch having a conversation on signing to these guys. Not at all. You don't have to. You don't have to say nothing to these guys. Yeah. You don't guarantee it. What, what do you mean? Hey, man, you play because we drafted you. Hello, that's what's going to happen. So mm-hmm. you stick with us. Okay. We got the rights to you. Do you anticipate yeah. either, either one of those uh, between Creed or Trey getting a, a extension this year? Do you anticipate no. that? No. I don't see it. Or, or both neither. I don't see any of those guys getting extensions right now. You, hey, after this year is over, then we'll have conversation. We'll talk and all of that. But right now, hey, play your position. Mm-hmm. Play your part, man. Play your and part. if you see – and another question, too, that if you see any of those things happen before Chris Jones or LeJarrius Sneed, that, is, that, is that a sign that's not – things aren't – aren't the, the conversations aren't going well? <laughs> yeah, you could definitely say it might – that might indication. Especially yeah. if – now, if you ain't got money already tied in and you don't know what you're going to do, shoot. Ain't might like, hey, man, what, you, what are we doing? What's going on? Mm. Uh, as the, the conversation stalled again, again, I don't know. I'm just talking about with Chris. Right. I, I, I think, boy, these next couple of weeks, man, it's going to be something else. It's going to be something else. Yeah. Um, if, if I were to make a bet, I would say the next two to three weeks we'll have something done with either one of those guys. I think this week at, at, at the combine, I think it's going to be a very pivotal week for a lot of teams, but specifically uh, our guys and, and, and just trying to in, either ink up or tag um, Snead or, uh, or Chris Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. But all right, guys. So that brings us to the end of our episode here. JD, it was an awesome kind of getting to kind of get the diving in on these uh, these big contracts that the offensive linemen have on the squad. People people think of big contracts, think of the skill players. No, no, no. Our offensive line uh, is getting taken care of. Again, they're getting paid good money. <laughs> so get broke off, man. A couple of jokers up there get broke out really well, really yeah. well. <laughs> so I ain't, I ain't got no problem with it. I ain't, I, ain't, I ain't got no problem with it whatsoever. You know, the thing is, when we're talking about trying to get other guys in here, it, it had to be some concession, you know. You guys made make concession, get some other guys to keep guys here. So, yeah, these guys get it right. They'll get it right. Get yeah, it right. I will. I will say, like uh, looking at um, Chris Jones and the, and the last year at this time, I feel like it began with the kind of the um, troll type comments where he was saying stuff that people were like, "Oh man, is he gone? This is done." He's changed his profile picture on Twitter. His, his Twitter picture, him in a Chiefs helmet. 
and then he's liking stuff on on Twitter of uh, us potentially going after OBJ. It's like okay, like I don't know, he's maybe he's you know he's playing he's playing a part of, of it. Maybe maybe there things are going well. Maybe he wasn't just drunk at the parade when he said what he said. Maybe that there there was a little bit of framework going on. So I'm optimistic about getting something done with Chris Jones. Maybe that's just me being hopeful, but I hope there is I hope there is something to it. So they, they talk about trying to go after OBJ. Uh, I said, who was it? Uh, was it Robert Griffin? Someone online, one of the uh, ESPN expert guys were saying uh, that the Chiefs need to go after, um, I think it was, oh, was RG3. He said they should go after uh, OBJ this offseason. <laughs> yeah. I don't, know uh, I, I don't know if that's my first choice of a receiver was. Tyler Lockett. <laughs> Tyler Lockett. How about that? Seattle needs a Seattle needs to let him go, and then we'll we'll, we'll pounce on that. Go, man. We'll talk him into it. We'll twist some some arms and everything. And say, look, man, make it a sweet deal. What we need to do? <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll get his father on the show and have him and convince him that way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but all right, guys. Well, that does it for us. We'll see you guys Wednesday night as we dive into some more stuff that's going on this offseason. Because already it's been kind of a crazy offseason. Just before this, I'll, I'll give you a little tease ahead to what we're going to talk about Wednesday, but. Charles Amenahu wants uh, wants wants more money. Oh, oh, oh. I saw that right before I came on. I was like, oh man, that's gonna be a good Wednesday show. But <laughs> yeah, decisions, decisions. All right, guys. We hope you guys enjoyed the episode. We'll see you guys Wednesday night. Love you, everybody. Guys, love you too, Marcus. See y'all later. See you, everybody. Hi, everybody. Thanks for watching. Subscribe here to get the latest from the show. Also, be sure to check out the best clips from Chief Concerns. And if you prefer to listen to the show, subscribe and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 